In the name of Jesus, amen. So last week, we made it through half of the commandments. And so far, we've learned about the first five commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall not murder. So to summarize all of this, God has first required that we fear, love, and trust in him above all things, and then also that we honor our parents and other authorities. And in the fifth commandment, God commands us to respect not only our own life, but the life of others from the womb to the tomb. So today we're focusing on the next two commandments, the sixth and the seventh commandment. The sixth commandment, which is, you shall not commit adultery. And the seventh commandment, you shall not steal. But before we learn about these commandments, you need to see with what wisdom God has ordered all of his commandments. Uh, they're not just in a random order. It's not just frivolously uh, put together, as we think. It's not some list of random or arbitrary rules. There's a progression and a profound wisdom from each commandment to the next. So the first commandment is a commandment for the heart. It's about what you fear, what you love, and what you trust above all things. And the second commandment is about the mouth. And then the third commandment is about the ears. And then when we come to the fourth commandment, God commands us to honor our parents. Those are our first neighbors. And he asks that you honor the ones he chose to create you through. And then in the fifth commandment, he commands that you not take away the life of the neighbors around you, the life that he gave through their parents, because God is the one who gives life and he is the one to, who takes it. And then the sixth commandment moves to the next closest person to your neighbor, which is your neighbor's wife, their spouse. And this is why God forbids adultery. Your neighbor's spouse is one flesh and blood, and you can't inflict a greater injury or harm upon your neighbor than taking his own rib from him. And then the seventh commandment moves to your neighbor's possessions, the things he has. And then the eighth commandment moves to your neighbor's reputation, the things that uh, people think about him. And the ninth and tenth commandment uh, prohibit you from coveting your neighbor's things. That is wanting things that God has not given you. Instead, being content with the word he's given you, with the parents he's given you, with the life he's given you, with the spouse, with the possessions, with the reputation. All of these things that God has given you, God is saying, be content with it. There's a profound wisdom in all of this. And in all of this, God is protecting your neighbor from you, from the evil things that you would do. And in the same way, he's also protecting you from your neighbor. And this is the purpose of his commandments and the reason for this divine and holy order. Starting with God, moving to the parents, to the neighbor, uh, to his thing, to his spouse, to his things, to his reputation, and to your own. But today we focus on the sixth commandment. You shall not commit adultery. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we lead a sexually pure and decent life in what we say and do and husband and wife love and honor each other. So we learn from this something that is very simple. That sex is a good thing created by God himself. It's his creation. And there's a right way and there's a wrong way. 
Just as the fifth commandment forbids murder or unjust killing, so too the sixth commandment forbids adultery, that is sex outside of marriage. It condemns even the appearance of sex outside of marriage, that is cohabitation. So just as the government and the policeman and the executioner have the authority to carry out the killing of the guilty, so too only husbands and wives have that authority of that sexual union. No one else in the world shares this unity. No other relationship in the world is like this, only that of husband and wife. Or at least that's how it should be. That any sex apart from this union is wicked and evil. And it's in fact destructive. And the purpose of sex is the procreation of children. So we shouldn't even prevent ourselves from having children in any way. It's a most blessed gift, a most serious commandment that it is so serious. God takes it so seriously that he uh, creates a commandment for it to protect what this is. And yet for those who don't repent, you should remember that vengeance is the Lord's. He'll punish everyone who takes his commandments lightly. So like all of the commandments, the sixth commandment is not only kept with the body, but also with the heart. This command is for us and for our children. So make no mistake. If you don't teach your children about marriage, about being a husband or a wife, or about sex, the world will. Staying silent about it is about this most important action is the most foolish thing to do. To not talk about that sixth commandment is to not teach the whole counsel of God and it's to leave to your children, uh, leave your children in the hands of the world instead of the hands and the arms of their loving father in heaven. So it's a very unfortunate reality in our churches and our homes it's not like this everywhere, but many times I think pastors and parents are so embarrassed and ashamed to even talk about sex that they simply prohibit any content to the youth, but never actively teach them what should replace that or what the Word of God says. So we think, this is the rationale, at least when, when I was growing up, that it was, look, if we just forbid them from, if we forbid the kids from listening to garbage and uh, watching filthy movies, then that's going to teach them all they know they need to know about sex and they just won't even desire it. They won't, I won't have to have that awkward conversation and guess what? My work is done. I just pro- prohibit those things. But it's wrong. Because it's not enough to simply abstain from that content. Because you must actively replace and teach God's word positively and negatively about it. That God doesn't simply command celibacy. He commands chastity. He doesn't simply command abstinence, but a sexually pure and decent life. So there are entire generations. In fact, my own generation uh, is a great example of this. It's something I never heard in church. I never heard my pastor say it. Uh, I never heard any other pastor say it. Um, My parents never really talked to me much about it. And it's a whole generation. I'm not the only one who has been deprived of such a holy and godly teaching simply because pastors and parents are too ashamed or embarrassed to teach this. And children who despise the teaching of their parents are foolish beyond belief. 
If you don't teach them, of course the world will. The world teaches through its music, through its movies and books and images, much better than you and I can. And if you don't think that is enough to convince anyone, the sinful heart is full of lustful passions and carnal desires on its own, by nature. And it will teach them to seek sex outside of marriage. So we all have attacks from within ourselves and from without. Look how many darts are aimed at our children's hearts and even our own. The world won't stop teaching its false doctrine of adultery, and so we won't stop teaching the truth of God's word. So we, we must combat this with God's word and the truth. So before moving on to the positive teaching of this commandment, we should consider the seventh commandment, which says, you shall not steal. And what does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not take our neighbor's money or possessions or get them in any dishonest way, but help him to improve and protect his possessions and income. We learn that property is a gift from God. And just as God gave you everything you own, he did the same thing to your neighbor. So to some people he gives more, to some people he gives less. Yet no matter how much or the amount he gives, God is to be praised no matter what that is. So you may pray that God will bless you with more possessions. This is a good prayer. This is a good and pious thing to do as we say in the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. So you may pray for more things and leave it to God's direction to give or to withhold it from you. But you may never take the place of God and attempt to get those things for yourself wrongfully. Stealing is a wicked sin against the neighbor and it shows lack of faith in God. When you steal, it's because you trust your own hands more than God. You trust that you can provide for yourself better than God knows how to. But the truth is, stealing doesn't happen simply uh, in the middle of the night by thieves. Many times it happens in the day, in the light, with unjust business practices. You steal time from your employer and company when you waste time and you don't put in an honest day's work. You steal time from your clients when you charge them more than a fair and honest amount. You steal from your employees when you don't pay them what's due, when you don't pay them the fair wages, when you don't give them the amount that was agreed upon. You steal by being lazy, by doing a poor job, by not t taking a good and holy pride in your work and doing all these things to the best of your ability to the glory of God. It's an evil and wicked sin, and those who steal will have their life and all their goods taken from them on that final day. So what do these two commandments have to do with each other? The sixth and seventh commandments, what do they have in common? They both prohibit acting as if the things that aren't yours are yours. So what I mean by this is that the seventh commandment prohibits taking other people's property because it doesn't belong to you. And the sixth commandment prohibits adultery for the same exact reason. That other person doesn't belong to you. This is why any sex apart from holy matrimony or marriage is sinful and evil. Not only does the person not belong to you, but sex only belongs to marriage. So for this, we must all repent. 
Our hearts have not been pure and chaste. We've desired people who aren't our spouse in moments of weakness, in moments of despair. We haven't been hard workers. We've been lazy with our times. There have been times and days that we've robbed people of their goods by not giving our best work to them. We've been inattentive with our work. We've lusted after people who don't belong to us. And for this, we must repent. And we turn to Christ. We see that Christ never stole anything for himself. Christ was never lazy or inattentive. He always put in a hard day's work each and every day. He gave his all for the sake of his neighbor. He even poured out his soul from the pores of his flesh in the greatest work of earning salvation for us. And in all of this, he kept all of his eyes from evil and he kept his heart pure. He guarded the door of his lips. He lived a chaste, holy, and decent life. He didn't lust after any temptress or adulteress. His heart was completely and fully dedicated to his bride, the church. He dedicated his body for her benefit, for her salvation. He used every limb of his, every pore, every inch of his flesh on his body to accomplish her salvation. For all of our sin, Christ poured out all of his life. So it's in this font here that he washed away all of the lust from your heart, all of the sins from your past. And he has made wide for you the door of heaven. In this word that you hear right now, he erased all of your laziness and inattentiveness. He took away all of your sin and he replaced it with a righteousness greater than you could ever imagine. So keep that in mind when you are tempted to sin, tempted to adultery, tempted to steal. When you fall into sin, repent and turn to Christ immediately. He will free you from all condemnation. And do for one another the things that Christ has already done for you. So husbands, love your wives as Christ has loved the church. And he gave himself up for her. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Let the thief no longer steal. Give back whatever you take. Support one another's marriages. Teach your children to live a sexually pure and decent life in what they say and do. Honor everyone. Honor one another. Don't get anything from anyone in any dishonest way. But help your neighbor. Improve what he has. Protect it when he's gone. Do everything you can to support his possessions and income, knowing that your dear Father in heaven will provide for you. You don't need to steal or cheat anyone out of anything. God will provide. You don't need to lust after anyone. God has given you your own spouse. And if he hasn't blessed you with marriage, then learn to be content with where he has called you in your singleness. Instead of deriding marriage and speaking poorly of it, speak well of it and desire it and pray for those who are married. Rejoice when you see people get married. Do what you can to help them in their marriage because marriage is very, very difficult. And the devil seeks to destroy families through this. So encourage one another to love God's holy and wonderful gift of marriage between a man and a woman. And remember that this mystery is profound and that it refers to Christ and his church.
Amen. Hear the words of this hymn written by Dr. Luther. Be faithful to your marriage vow, no lust or impure thoughts allow. Keep all your conduct free from sin by self-controlled discipline. Have mercy, Lord. You shall not steal or take away what others worked for night and day. But open wide a generous hand and help the poor in the land. Have mercy, Lord. You have this law to see therein that you have not been freed from sin, but also that you clearly see how pure toward God life should be. Have mercy, Lord. Our works cannot salvation gain. They merit only endless pain. Forgive us, Lord, to Christ we flee, who pleads for us endlessly. Have mercy, Lord. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.